Welcome to Pop Sugar Rush. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we're recording and pay respects to elders past and present. Pop Sugar Rush is brought to you by Prime Video. Sign up now to watch all the series and movies you'll love, like Gen V, the new spin-off series of The Boys, or Hot Potato, the new documentary all about the history of The Wiggles. Hello! Hiya! Hi! How are we all? How are you, Star? I am very good. The sun is shining. It's been another great week it of really celeb has. news. And luckily to all of you listening that you're tuned in to Pop Sugar Rush, where we're here to give you the tea on everything pop culture faster than the guy from the Chiefs can come home with, not me, <laughs> with, with Taylor Swift, with Taylor Swift. But yes, it has been a big week for celeb celebbing. <laughs> they really they they're turning it on. Like obviously celebs are doing more interviews now. Yes. Um and they are really just it feels like they're releasing all this pent up energy. Yeah, I like, agree. Oh, I haven't said anything stupid in six months. Now it's time to get it all out on a profile. I think they were sitting there and they're thinking, Pop Sugar Rush really needs some good content this week. Let's get out there and spread the the bad word. The bad, <laughs> the bad word. And to we to them, we say thank you very much. <laughs> Jawbreakers, bits from the internet that made us OMG IRL. Let's get into our jawbreakers for the week. Now, you already kind of alluded to what mine was in your amazing joke at the top of the episode, but I... Amazing joke. Interesting. (laughs) That I came up with. (laughs) (laughs) But instead of a headline, I've just got seven words for you this week. And I actually really had to count on my fingers that it was seven (laughs) words. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs. Oh. oh, look, it was a bit cringe. <laughs> I loved lie. it. I, you know what? I love cringe. Fair. You know what? We're all about embracing cringe in 2023. For those who don't know, Taylor Swift was performing in Argentina and she changed the lyrics of her song, Karma, Karma. her Grammy-nominated song, Karma, um, to directly reference Travis Kelsey. And I just love, look, I'm so happy that the Eras tour is back on. She's doing another leg of the world tour and we are seeing so much more content as well. And so I've seen the POV of Taylor Swift singing these changed lyrics on the stage and then another one of Travis Kelsey's reaction in the VIP tent. There is more footage of this interaction than there is of, like, JFK's assassination. (laughs) It is nuts how many camera angles there are of this single moment. And then there's also a moment of them reuniting after she performs. And she runs into his arms and gives him a big old snog. Big old smoochy smooch. And it's, like, it's adorable. Yeah. Mainly because I don't think Taylor Swift... She doesn't really parade her romance around like this. No. Which, to some people, they're going to be like, oh, it's PR, which, like, whatever. But I also think, it's like, oh, maybe she's just really happy. Yeah, and also PR for two of arguably the most famous people in the world is going to look different to someone who is, like, trying to break out and get their name bigger, whereas these two people are already on an incredibly high level in their own right. And they're just having fun and they're happy and I'm absolutely here for it. If it's a PR relationship, I don't care, I'm eating it up. <laughs> it's working. It's working. Um, Timothy Chalamet impersonated Troy Savan with the help of Boy Genius 
on an episode of SNL. And those are a collection of words that I don't think belong together. It just feels <laughs> unnatural. The fact that anyone, like, I feel like Troy Savan's Got Me Started Dance is like, it's popular, but it still like has its niche. Mm. SNL doesn't really have a niche. It's like for all Americans. And then by extension, the world. To see Timothy Chalamet in his little singlet, blue pants, and then little red underwear, and not only him, Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridges, and Julian Baker, the members of Boy Genius, do the same thing, parading as Troy Sivan as a sleep paralysis demon. So good. It is a lot. And is, you know, maybe Troy Sivan is all of our sleep paralysis demons, because Rush has been in my head since it came out. Yeah. And one of your girls, which we've spoken about on this podcast before, has a similar effect. <gasps> Maybe they were on to something. I've loved Troy Sivan's reaction to it as well. As you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, we love it when celebs get in on the joke. And Troy Sivan posted a TikTok kind of imitating him hiding his eyes from flashing paparazzi and said, this is me now that I've been nominated for a Grammy. And yes. then in the caption, it was like, and little Timmy Tim impersonated me on SNL. Aww. And it was just like, it's just so good. And you know what? He deserves all of this success. His he journey does. has been one that is incredible. And I think I think it really shows that he got his start out on YouTube, which I learned a couple of weeks ago. But he is just a master of the of socials. You didn't know he was from YouTube? Didn't I? I told you that the other week. Oh, you did. You did. You Wow, that's alarming. Let's see, that's it's so alarming that I'd forgotten. Because <laughs> I just assumed that he was big on YouTube when he was like an actual child. Yeah. Like maybe 16 or 17. Him and the Tyler Oakleys and the Grace Helbigs of it all were just... Back when the internet was a much happier place, I have to say, <laughs> when like you could just do like, here's me trying different flavors of Doritos, yeah. 20 million views, book deal, like... Aussie tries American snacks. Career set for life. He <laughs> can, You can trace his Grammy nominations to that video he did. But I um, have a quick question around this. Yes. What, in your opinion, is the best celebrity impersonation or impression of another celebrity? Look, I was doing some research on this to prepare because I really wanted to have a good answer for Fair. you. And I think it's less about the impersonation itself and mm. more about the person that they are impersonating. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, for example, <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, an iconic person, yeah. right? And her voice is very distinct. I know what this so is So there going. are a lot of people who try to impersonate her. I try to impersonate her and I end up sounding like Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, wow. So, and that just sounds like Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> For example, Ariana Grande does a great Jennifer Coolidge. The queen of impersonations. Also Matthew McConaughey. As well, so Matthew, not he's not the impersonator; he's the impersonatee. Right, <laughs> right. Chris Pine, famously the guy from Sonic the Hedgehog, does a. Great <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Chris Pine does a really great Matthew McConaughey as well. Oh, Are you good at celebrity impressions? I mean, did my Jennifer Coolidge sound like Owen Wilson? <laughs> wow. They no. are one but the same. I, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> as long as someone gets a celebrity. Uh, look, I'm, I th like to think I am, but I'm only good at some. Okay, but go. But like, like I, I feel like I can do a pretty good Marge Simpson, which I feel like a lot of people struggle with. You have to do it now. Homie. Oh, my God. That was actually the best I've ever done. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> 
Breakfast Spoonful, serving up a taste of what everyone's streaming. So this week I watched the Robbie Williams doco on Netflix and I'm going to give you the little top line synopsis from Netflix in case you missed it. The series features hundreds of hours of intimate, never before seen personal archival footage and intimate, wow, intimate twice, (laughs) and intimate access to Williams himself who discusses his journey through fame and what life's like on the other side of recovery. Hundreds of hours? How long is this thing? It goes for, there's four episodes that go for an hour each. Okay, Netflix copywriter, that's four hours. <laughs> anyway. No, sl- so sl- he's got hours and hours of archival right. footage. I was like, slight m- molehill I've just made <laughs> over. What? What's the tea? Okay, so I didn't know that Robbie Williams became super famous when he was only 16 years old. So he started, As part of Take That? As part of Take That. So he started his career in the boy band at only 16, and it's actually really wow. crazy to watch back all of this footage. Like, this kid is so, so young, and to be thrust into the spotlight at that age, and also the culture of boy bands, especially in the UK, like it was just and in the 90s. insane. Like, people are just obsessive, and he yeah. speaks about that a lot in the doco as well. Because what you have, Take That, you have, uh, was Westlife Australian, or are they UK? Boyzone, that was another one. Oh, what is that? Blue. Oh, five. Okay, well, enough boy band. (laughs) Enough boy band fanning out. But yes, go on. So he says in the first episode, if I'm not on stage, I'm in bed. And I thought, oh, that's just like a cheeky little line. It wasn't because he actually watches the archival footage in his bed in his undies. And he stays wow. in his undies for, like, a lot of the interviews. Commitment to the brand. <laughs> I know. But also, not to throw back to an earlier ep, but this explains why he's sharded <laughs> on stage. Because he only goes to stage and then to his bed. No time for bathroom breaks. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you go off, King. If that's your safe and comfy place, I'm happy for you. But he literally just had his laptop propped up on a bed like what you do on a Sunday. If you're, like, a bit sleepy and hungover, you're just going to watch a little, a little movie on Netflix, God perhaps. Bless. So, yeah, I mean... The documentary, I enjoyed parts of it. I think it's really awesome to see the archival footage, especially when it's over the span of someone's career that has been so incredible. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me was he was huge in the UK. He launched his solo career and it was going pretty well. But then... Like our friends, the Wiggles, he had to break into the US market Mm -hmm. and he was flopping when he did that. (gasps) Yeah. So he never really. (laughs) He was in a flop era. So he never really quite cracked into that huge market, which is the US. It's really hard for UK artists. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like uh, culturally, it's so different, like different sense of humor. And it's just like a a lot of. And Robbie Williams is never shy. To turn off his personality. Like, yeah. he's a very lewd sense of humour. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure the documentary shows in spades. And I guess maybe that didn't gel with American audiences. Mm. I don't know. Did he, did, he ever, did he ever break through, really? I don't really think so, but I think he li- he lives in LA now, but that's kind of become his safe haven. Obviously, everyone knows who Robbie Williams is now. Yeah, the ethos of Robbie Williams is yeah, famous, but yeah. not the songs, Exactly, perhaps, okay? yeah. And another thing as well, when he started his solo career, he was about to get dropped by his record label, and then Lol. he comes out with <gasps> Angels. A- 
Angels was the song that saved him. And, oh it, and it's my insane God. to see Angels the footage. Angels brought him here. Yeah. <gasps> no, that's the wrong song. No, it's Guy Sebastian. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm aware. Um, wow. So was that his first single? That wasn't his first single. So he'd had a couple of other ones and his record label were like, look, this isn't working out. And it's, you know, people feel really invested in boy bands as well. It's like when yeah. One Direction broke up and people try to start their solo careers, people are super invested but also hypercritical yeah. of every little thing that you do and I think a lot of people want to see you fail or flop so he goes from almost getting dropped by his record label to performing at these huge festivals massive stadiums and it was just awesome to see but overall the doco was a little bit sad like the underlying kind of things and we know fame does horrible things to people and he's had quite a journey with addiction over Mm. the years and he speaks quite candidly about it. One criticism I do have of it is that I felt like it lacked perspective because you only get to hear from him. So we right, have all so of the, we're not seeing yeah. Like, okay, and it. in comparison, we've got the Beckham documentary, right, where we hear from so many different people, and mm. you know, you, it can still be biased when you have multiple people speaking because it is being produced in a certain way. Yeah. But what I was thinking with that, perhaps it really speaks to Robbie Williams' kind of lone wolf persona. Like maybe that is just who he maybe, is. Yeah. We've got the archival footage where there are so many different people involved in his life at different points. For example, Jerry Howley from. Spice Girls. Mother, yes, mother, Queen. Mother. Yeah, so we we do have like features of other people throughout. But wait, did they date? Uh, it's kind of it's kind <gasps> of a bit. Yeah, I had no idea about this, and then wow. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. So he describes it that they were just really, really close. They got along really well. But it's because she had a similar public persona to him because she yeah. was the first one to leave the Spice Girls. Yeah, and then she was sort of like the bad one, the naughty one. The, yeah, like, the the crude one. You know. So over the course of their friendship, can, whatever you want to call it, they were absolutely hounded by the paparazzi as well. And then the British paparazzi be crazy. The tabloids over there crazy. are just insane, especially in that era as well. And yeah. then apparently the information got back to Robbie, first name basis, that it was. Jerry, who was leaking things <gasps> to the Paps, Geraldine. and I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that was something that was ever a hundred percent confirmed. But um, you can see how hurt he is wow. by that. And a I general, wonder if she'll respond. <sighs> you got forty eight hours to respond, Jerry. Yeah, for Jerry, Ginger, <laughs> do we prefer documentaries that have multiple different perspectives on the same event or the same person because it helps world build? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think so too because we understand that we as humans, we're not like one-dimensional. There's so many things that make us who we are. And I actually kind of like when the director of the doco kind of creates conflict in your mind about this person. It's like Mm. maybe, maybe, you know, your auntie or your mum would have held Robbie Williams on such a high pedestal before, but then we see like the curtains are open and we see kind of everything that lies underneath that. And I think I really appreciate that as well. I'm not saying that he doesn't take accountability for the things that he's done in the past. He definitely has done that, but I really wish that we kind of got to hear from other people about it. And it's Mm. also lovely to hear nice stories about these people from others too. It doesn't all have to be bad or like snarky or anything like that. It's just quite nice to have a different account of the same story. Well, I'm definitely going to go check that out because yeah. the bops are undeniable. I forgot how many bangers he had. Rock DJ. Yes. Angels. 
what's that one with Kylie Minogue? Kids. Oh. Oh, kids. Kylie Minogue will always work her way back into this podcast and she will be coming up later. It's funny. In the doco, he speaks about creating Rock DJ and- The video. Have you seen the video for yeah, that song? Yeah, it's iconic. But yeah. also he was, he literally says this song is so commercial. Like- I think artists a lot of the time are against song being like super commercial. It's like, oh, this is going to sell. This is going to perform really well. So I don't think he as an artist loved making that song, but the fans went absolutely crazy for it. I mean, if that comes on in the club, which I never go to, but if I was, (laughs) if I just so happened to be on a D floor and that song came on, you can I kick it? Yes, Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, to take a sharp left turn, I didn't watch a docuseries. I watched... A feature film called The Killer. What was it on? Netflix. Um, It is directed by GOAT David Fincher of... David Fincher directed The Social Network. He directed Gone Girl. He directed Seven. He's like, you know, up there. Big deal. And The Killer follows Michael Fassbender, who is a hitman, and follows his, like, psychology through jobs. And eventually, a hit goes wrong, and revenge is taken upon someone he cares about, and then he needs to avenge that person. And I was watching this, and for the first 20 minutes, I was like, I am bored to death. Like, I am so sick of hearing this guy talk about how important it is to just not have empathy, and it was like he was speaking, like, very pretentious. He seemed like, you ever been on a date? And a guy just talks about mm. what he thinks in his head yeah. before even getting to your name. It was very that. <laughs> Greta Gerwig is screaming right now. It was, ve- yeah, it was very that, except I hope none of the people I've dated went out to be hitmen. <laughs> Although mm. I guess I live to tell the tale. Um, but then he has this misfire shot and it really disrupts the whole thing. And I was like, ooh, I'm in. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm hooked. But then I was thinking this morning after, I was like, this was kind of just like an arty version of a John Wick film. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is just John Wick, but like made to sound a bit more intellectual. Who's the lead? Michael Fassbender. Mm -hmm. The only other, I guess, really recognisable name in the movie is Tilda Swinton, and Mm -hmm. she's in it for about five minutes. Um, But she's in all the promo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) She's like second build. Um, But I was wondering, I was like, do you think, because we, there's lots of talk now about how the superhero movie is dying, mm. for better or for worse. But do you think that more, um, we'll say, quote unquote, respected creatives and directors will then try and revive it with their own take on, like, what's considered non-critically acclaimed genres, mm. right? So The Killer is described as an action thriller. Action thrillers don't get Oscars. Mm. But this movie's in the Oscar conversation purely because it's David Fincher, I would say. But it's just an action movie. It's just an arty John Wick movie. It's like John Wick if he, like, I don't know, wore a beret. (laughs) 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 Look, I think The Killer, it was like, I appreciated it for what it was, but I I also just couldn't get that out of my head. I was like, I've seen this movie before, Mm. but... It was just, like, the movie that I've seen before had maybe, like, a $200 million budget and was sprawled, promoted trailers everywhere. The movie was good. I think it was entertaining once you get that past that first 20-minute slog. And I think, I mean, it's number one trending on Netflix Mm. above your boy, Robbie Williams. So it's catching audiences, but I'd really love to know, like, 
what other people think about it. And if other people picked up the same thing I did. Because all I saw ahead of its release was just, like, praise. So maybe, am I stupid? Am I missing something? <laughs> did I, was I, like, on my phone for a key plot point? And I'm like, wow, this movie sucks. <laughs> like, I don't know. But look, please let us know if you've caught The Killer or Robbie, Robbie Williams. Williams. The documentary about Robbie Williams. <laughs> um, and let us know your thoughts because we love to hear them. Pop Sugar Rush is brought to you by Prime Video. They've got everything from the new psychological thriller series Wilderness to The Continental, an action-packed crime series from the world of John Wick. And the best part? You can watch it all on your favourite devices. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting primevideo.com. Here are this week's Rushes and Crashes. It's time for rushes and crashes. And guess what? I'm I'm not even going to let you start. I'm Whoa, starting first. Okay. <laughs> My rush is a pun because Troy Sivan's song Rush <gasps> is Grammy MF nominated. <gasps> Rushception. The Grammy nominations have been released and mostly they got it right. And the Grammys famously get it wrong. Yeah. Almost every time. To start. Not one white man is up for album of the year. Stunning. Seven of them are nominees are women or bands containing four women. And then there's Jean Baptiste, who has previously won album of the year. So Taylor Swift, Scissor, Marley Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo, Lana Del Rey, Boy Genius, Janelle Monet. All up for album of the year. Huge. And I just read that off the top of my head. Sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm slaying today. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to divert attention down to the best dance recording category. And when I saw this, I screamed. Troy Sivan's Rush is nominated. And guess who he's up against? Kylie Minogue! Padam, padam. <gasps> oh my God, this is like, I've never felt patriotism quite like yeah. this. Because the other nominees like David Guetta, and I'm like, sorry, but like, <laughs> doesn't compare. I am ready for this head-to-head Yeah. of this 27-year-old boy from Perth and this woman in her late 50s from Melbourne just battling it out. Surely they'll get them to perform together. That would be iconic. Oh, but it's just like Waltzing Matilda. It's <laughs> 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 not their song. It's just something cheesy in Australian. Who would you want to win? Oh, uh, I think Troy Sivan. Wow, okay. Oh, sorry. I know, but it's just like such an exciting I won't tell Jacob Elordi. Troy Sivan is also nominated for Best Music Video for Rush. So Kylie only has the one nomination. I will say Kylie has won a Grammy before. She won for Can't Get You Out of My Head. Well deserved. (laughs) My rush this week is seeing celeb reactions to being able to finally return to social media and speak about their titles because the SAG... AFTRA. AFTRA. Thank you for that strike. They've come to an agreement, which is very exciting. And uh, my favourite one that I have seen is Kevin Bacon on TikTok. Interesting. So he must live on like a farm, right? So he's propped up his phone in the middle of his little barn that he's got and he did the footloose dance. And his oh. caption was simply just strike over and then tag like sag after. Oh, that's nice. And it was amazing. So and I, I have a different Kevin Bacon story from the week. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> um, I saw a headline. It was like, Kevin Bacon no longer eats bacon. <laughs> Wow, okay. But it's because he has a farm and he doesn't eat the animals that he has. So he also has goat and then pig. And he's like, well, I'm not going to eat goat and pig anymore. So now his name is Kevin Tree. Kevin Faken. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Beyond Bacon. <laughs> but it was just really light, fluffy and happy. Oh, and we, we just love to see it. And my crush this week, are you a fan of Queer Eye? No, I'm actually not. Like, oh. I actually don't like it. And that's... <laughs> 
That's very shocking because everyone's like, well, you should love it. And I was like, it just doesn't hit for me. Well, maybe you won't care about my crush then. Well, my I did cr- see this. Yeah, my crush this week is that Bobby Burke is leaving Queer Eye after eight seasons. That is actually upsetting because from what I know about the show, he's the only one that actually does anything. Oh, he's a, so Bobby Burke, his role in the show, he's, he's the house guy. So he'll do all of the interior stuff, but it's not just like, oh, we'll put a throw cushion here and a pillow there. Like they fully do renos of people's Meanwhile, places. Meanwhile, Anthony's like, here's this hummus. I here's a done. delicious salsa verde. Uh, but look, Bobby is just an amazing person. Yeah. Well, that's like what I've gathered from the show. But in the, the Instagram caption, they wrote, although my journey with Kurai is over, my journey with you is not. You'll be seeing more of me very soon. So perhaps we'll be getting a Bobby Ooh, spin-off show. A home makeover show. Who doesn't love a home makeover show? Yeah. <gasps> okay, I'm here for that. And I'm here for him. And I will they replace him? It's, it's unknown. We don't know Choice yet. Choice of arm. It, you can teach him how to sing and dance. <laughs> Instead of the Fab Five, the Fab Four. Like it's, oh, oh, it's, wasn't, wait, wasn't the original? I think the original was five. Okay. With OG Carson Kressley. Yes. Who is, All things just keep getting better. Oh, okay. <laughs> Carson Kressley is a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And he is obscenely funny. <laughs> like, every word that comes out of his mouth is comedic gold. My crash is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Oh, wow. So we know Kourtney Kardashian has given birth to her son with Travis Barker, making their little blended family bigger. And we're very happy for them. I'm not so happy for Travis Barker, who thought it was appropriate to bring a drum kit into the hospital <laughs> and match drum beats to the baby's heartbeat while Courtney is in labor. Oh, I saw this. I would have shoved those drumsticks through his eyes. <laughs> What are you talking about? I know. I saw that. I was like, be for real, dude. Like, you are not doing this in the hospital room. Imagine being the midwife or the nurse. You'd be like, oh, my God. Like, they nurses famously have to deal with some crap. Yeah. Like, as is. And then you have old mate from Blink-182 bringing a a drum kit. Oh my! I saw I saw a tweet that was like, "This is like this is giving Ken like guitar for yes. Barbie." <laughs> also, baby's heartbeat. Like I was there when my sister gave birth, and baby's heartbeat. <laughs> you were there with Travis Barker. <laughs> baby, baby's heartbeats are really fast as well. It was like do do do. It's super fast as opposed to just like a relaxed kind of resting heartbeat that we would have. So he's just really going for it. Like <laughs> good for him. Take it somewhere else. Yeah, L- yeah. Literally anywhere else. I could not think of somewhere less appropriate to bring a drum kit oh, than a hospital room that is while so- you're. Wife is giving birth to your son. That is so annoying. Oh my god, cringe! Don't do that. Don't do. It. If you take anything from Pop Sugar Rush, the entire season, it's a don't bring your drum kit when your partner is giving birth. Would you rather drum kit or recorder playing hot cross buns? Oh my god. <laughs> Travis Barker on oh, the recorder. Is death a third option? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, on that note, you will find no drum kits here, but. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. For another delightful app of Pop Sugar Rush. We really got through a lot. We did. We, some would say, rushed through it. Oh, <laughs> hello, name of the podcast. Look, you can follow me um, on all socials at Jackson Langford, and you can follow my lovely co-host Star, Star with a double R on <laughs> TikTok and Star MCG on Instagram. Stunning. And make sure you follow Pop Sugar AU so you don't miss any content from us. Jump to our comments. Let us know. What have you been watching this week? What are your thoughts on on the Robbie Williams doco, who do you think is going to win the Grammys? The <gasps> Grammy, like there's only one. There's only one. <laughs> there is only one. And why, what would you choose to shove down Travis Barker's ears <laughs> if he did that to you? 
on the birth of your child. <laughs> anyway, much to think about, but we got to go. <laughs> Bye. Bye.